0: Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Alliant Health Solutions Podcast, Making Healthcare Better. My name is Rakia Campbell, and I'm your host today. And today, we're going to talk about natural disasters and how to prepare for them. A lot of folks may or may not know, but Alliant has offices actually in six states. We do work in Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Mississippi, and Texas. Texas actually hosts a large part of our end-stage renal disease contract work. So being that we do have an office in Texas and we work with folks there that have chronic kidney conditions, that state actually experiences a wide range of natural disasters. Um, They've experienced everything in Texas from flooding, wildfires, tornadoes, hurricanes, winter storms. Um, sinkholes. Uh, They actually, statistics-wise, have at least one major disaster event declared every year in the state of Texas. So, And obviously, more recently, the state was extremely impacted by the winter storm that just happened in February. So today, we're talking to Sam and Lacey Trevino and Tiffany Fisher. Sam and Tiffany actually both have chronic kidney conditions and are here to share their experience. And Lacey is actually Sam's wife, who is his partner in you know helping prepare and prepare for these natural disasters um, as a household so and, and all they're going to pre- tell us, share with us how to prepare for a natural disaster when you may be the, in the line of danger especially when you're experiencing a, a chronic condition of some sort so um, Sam and Lacey um, if each of you can introduce yourselves and just tell the audience a little bit more about you
1: sure uh, my name is Sam Trevino and uh, I'm from Houston Texas and I was a hemodialysis patient, uh, seven years in center for uh, from '93 to 2000, and then uh, a home patient, home hemodialysis patient for from 2000 to 2010. And um, my wife was my care partner for all 17 years, and became my kidney donor in <laughs> 2010, almost 11 years ago.
2: Awesome. So my name is Lacey Trevino, and like Sam stated, uh, I was his care partner for 17 years. We actually met in high school. Mm -hmm. I became a care partner at the age of 18 when Sam went in center. So I've seen everything that can really happen in center as well as dialyzing at home with a floor model machine as well as a portable machine. Uh, The portability obviously makes it a little easier for natural disasters, which we experienced, but I uh, you know, was blessed to be able to donate a kidney to him almost 11 years ago, and we're very grateful that we're still kidney strong.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Great to have you both on. And then Tiffany, what about you? Um, tell a little bit about yourself, please.
3: Okay. My name is Tiffany Fisher, and I am an uh, in-center hemodialysis patient. Uh, I live in the city of Houston. I've been on dialysis for the last five years, um, I've been through several natural disasters in my lifetime, but current on, since on dialysis, maybe about five or six, I'll say.
0: So when a natural disaster occurs, sometimes the last thing a person can think of is what to pack in their bag, especially when they do have a chronic condition. So were each of you, and Tiffany, if you wanna kick us off, were, were you in a situation where you had to leave? And if so, please share what you actually pack.
3: Well, I was put in a situation where I thought I was going to have to leave. I didn't actually leave, but I did have a bag packed and I packed my medications. I packed, um, the dialysis center every year or every couple of months gives us, uh, like this emergency, um, Like your stats, as far as, you know, what type of dialyzer you use, um, how long you dialyze, (laughs) excuse me, your blood uh, type and things like that. Like things that if you had to go to another center that they could look at it and be like, oh, okay, this is what she needs to do or he needs to do for dialysis. Um, That paper. And, uh, of course, you know, you want to pack things that you could probably eat, like, as far as uh, non-perishables. Mm-hmm and things like that you know clothes everything that you would think that you might need like uh, basically for overnight or anything Mm -hmm.
0: and then Sam and Lacey um, I'm not sure you know what the timing was when you guys experienced uh, being a part of a natural disaster but um, Lacey being a care partner what were some things that you um, prepped for Sam or Sam what were some things you prepped for
2: yourself well, the number one evacuation that we experienced was for Hurricane Rita. Mm-hmm. We had just transitioned from in-center hemodialysis, I'm sorry, from home dialysis with the floor model machine mm-hmm. to bringing home a portable machine so that we could you know, leave if we had to. Little did we know that when we brought that machine home within 12 hours, we would have to endure an emergency evacuation out of Houston. So we were brand new to this machine. We had trained for about three weeks. However, we were veterans in dialysis. So we loaded up the machine about a week's worth of supplies. And as Tiffany mentioned, what else we could take, you know, medication, any medical information that we may need, although it wasn't as um, important because we were managing our treatments at that point. So whatever food we could put in the truck with our clothes and anything that we would try and save. But because we had the portable machine, we were actually the second patient in Texas to have this machine. Mm-hmm. We basically prayed that it would you know, work and do everything that it was intended to do. And we thought it was going to be about a 45-minute trip out of Houston to a friend's house on the north side. Mm-hmm. And that turned into a 21-hour nightmare.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So Sam, what was going through your mind during that time? Because uh, I can imagine it was probably really stressful.
1: It was, you know, we, we um, had just, like Lacey said, we had just finished uh, our training with this brand new portable hemodialysis machine. And we knew the storm was coming, but the mandatory evacuation came as as we came home. So we had 12 hours to pack, and uh, hit the road. And it, you know we were just praying that whole time that this new technology was gonna hold up and that we were gonna find a, a plug to use, which was hilarious because we ended up for our very first stop um, looking for a place to dialyze. And we stopped in to a Houston fire department. We ended up not dialyzing there. We we're uh, just a, like a mile away from not even we were uh, probably half a mile away from our first destination that we were going to stop. So we made it there and ended up dialyzing in our our friend's living room. And, yeah. uh, you know, the, we were saved from that, but it was very stressful. We actually lost two of our in-center friends on that shuffle uh, oh, wow. who could not yeah. who could not find treatment. And, uh, you know, to this day, we use that as a motivation to talk to our people, you know, hey, guys, if you can take care of yourself, take care of yourself.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. That is so important,
1: because when it comes down to it, there may be a time when nobody else can take care of you.
2: Right now, we spend our time educating about the different portable modalities so that other patients that are in center are educated to know that they don't have to rely on in center dialysis to take care of themselves, Uh, whether that be
1: peritoneal dialysis or home hemo, you know, uh, oftentimes we catch those, those uh, medical sales reps or those home therapy nurses saying, you know, you can take this on a boat, you can take it on a plane, you can, you can go on road trips. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I wish I could go back in time and say, or you could run for your life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Add that to the list. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tiffany, were you when you were experienced your natural disasters? Considering you've actually been in five of them, were you in center in center
3: or at home during that time? I've I've always been in center. I've um I have a bit of a phobia of sticking myself, so <laughs> I will not be unfortunately doing at home, mm-hmm. even though I'd like to. But no, I I was in center, okay. and it's it's um it's really frustrating when you come in and there are 20 other people from other you know other areas that their center was closed or flooded or no electricity and they're doing that one hour two hour treatments like and shuffling people in and i've seen that firsthand and i was like wow like that is is, it's crazy and it's scary
0: so um Sam, what about you? Um, As a home patient, what supplies did you feel like were of absolute necessity to pack, especially considering that long trek that you had um, trying to get to safety? Um, What were some supplies that you made sure that you packed while evacuating?
1: Well, we needed all the supplies for treatment, you know, the dialyzers, the the cartridges of lines and saline and and such. Dialysate. Right. And, and we had portable dialysate at the time. So we didn't have to rely on, on water supply from, you yeah. know, public city water. Um, so we, um, we had a, a week's worth of, of evacuation supplies for, you know, train, uh, for treatment. And then, uh, we, you know, a week's worth of medication at mm-hmm. least that's, that's what you're supposed to have. So I just took mm-hmm. all of it and then, um, <laughs> You know, we took plenty of bottled water, um, snacks, things that we could have that were renal friendly and, um, you know, prayed that we could find other supplies where we had to go, you know, when we arrived at our, our evacuation site.
2: When you know that you're responsible for everything, you have to think of all the little things as well, you know, your, your gauze, your Band-Aids. Um, I mean, every little thing that you need for a treatment, you know, that you're not going to a clinic where they're going to have that. Now, having said that, I know that if we had to find additional supplies at a clinic, we probably could have, but we were so new to it. We were just making sure that we had every last detail down to make sure we had seven to 10 of, you know, both needles, seven to 10 for gauze, seven to 10 of everything.
0: So Tiffany, since you were actually, so were you, were you actually in a center when the national when when one of the natural disasters hit, or were you you know just receiving treatment there and but you were at home and then had to get to safety?
3: I was at home. It was Harvey, mm-hmm. and I had treatments the day before, mm-hmm. and the next day you know I was it was the off day, and that's when the storm hit the floods. So I was without treatment for maybe two two days, three days and when the roads cleared they were calling everybody to come in and but that's when, you know, they had people from all over that their centers were closed.
0: And you usually receive treatment every day?
3: No, I receive treatment three days out of the week.
0: Three days out of the week, okay. So was there mm-hmm. was there a span of time in your memory that you know, there's this natural, there's this disaster going on and you're unable to leave. Were there, you know, what were some precautions or things that you had to do at home to make that adjustment considering you were receiving in-center?
3: Well, I had to um, watch what I ate. Mm-hmm. I had to limit, uh, limit salty snacks and uh, milk products. Uh, I could eat fruits and vegetables, but not a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh They give you a diet, an emergency dialysis diet, but it's pretty much, I mean, and it's pretty much cut and dry unless you're a diabetic, which you can't have, um, like sugar. You you shouldn't overdo sugars and jellies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of, I think I ate a lot of peanut butter. Uh, I do remember that too. I I think I I remember eating a lot of peanut butter and and, um, tuna in the pouch i do okay. i remember that because my son was like ew like you're eating that i'm like yes
0: i'm hungry <laughs> gotta eat <laughs> I'm not, right
3: exactly okay. exactly <laughs> but yeah
0: so do you so. actually keep a copy of your three-day emergency diet plan like on you in case of an emergency
3: i actually do keep one at home like okay. I it's not like out laying around but I know if I needed to go to it I could definitely go to it and get it but I, and I also make a habit out of purchasing those types of things that mm-hmm. are on the list and just mm-hmm. having them in the house
0: mm-hmm. yeah. just
3: because so it makes sense
0: yeah. makes sense Sam, mm-hmm. Sam what about you do you have a copy of yours in case of emergency or keep one
1: Yes. Yes. I still have mine, uh, even though I'm transplanted, but, uh, you know, uh, you never know. Uh, mm-hmm. oftentimes people will call us, uh, la- call Lacey and I, when we're in one of these, these, uh, you know, situations, Hey, what should I, what should I buy for my dad or my, you know, my loved one. Right, dialysis? So we always have that handy. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, one to two gallons of bottled water, you know, clean water, uh, you want to have, you want to have bleach with you, mm-hmm. uh, just in case you have to clean water for any reason. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of, uh, dry packaging, you know, like, uh, dry milk or evaporated milk that, that sounds lovely. doesn't, it? Uh, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, some cranberry juice or apple juice, uh, just being cautious of the diabetics in, in our population. hmm um, I think the one thing that most di- uh, uh, dialysis patients look forward to during a, you know, an emergency situation is probably the fruit cups, you know, the little, <laughs> the little fruit cups that you can peel the top off. You know, that,
3: uh, mm-hmm. as long yeah. as you watch
1: your liquid, yeah, and don't drink the liquid, just yeah. you know, <laughs> although you want to. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, as far as vegetables and such, uh, you know, you want to keep it low sodium. So fresh vegetables, they always tell you to eat the fresh stuff first. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, you want to eat all that stuff first, but, you know, uh, low sodium, like, uh, you know, peas and corn and, you know, uh, cucumbers,
2: Oh, cucumbers,
1: they have a little mm-hmm. bit of water in them, but, you know, you have to mm-hmm. take that into account.
0: Well, that's awesome. Great information. Um, so Tiffany, when you were, in the house, okay, the facilities are closed. I can't get to those centers for treatment. What was something, if, if you experienced it at all, what was something that you felt like, man, I wish I had had this. I wish I had thought of having this in the house and you didn't have it. What were, were did you know, did you have any of those experiences? And if so, what were some of those items?
3: You know, we were preparing for the storm. So yes. of course we went out and and you know we bought water, we bought um everything. The only thing that happened is we lost electricity. Mm. so mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, I don't have a way to cook anything like mm-hmm. we had you know we didn't want to do barbecue pits because it was raining outside, so that was where the fruit cups and the packaged tuna and the peanut butter and stuff came in because we didn't have any electricity. But if I look back, I would definitely go get like um like one of the little." cooktops, not mm-hmm. the electric ones, but the um, the ones that's battery operated the cooktops, I would mm-hmm. probably buy one of those.
0: Oh, okay. 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 And then Sam and Lacey, what about, what about you two? Um, even, um, you know, in traveling and getting to another destination, what was something you were like, oh, I wish I would have packed this or that?
2: Something that we didn't have that a friend of ours had during the ice storm was a propane heater we lost power and it was obviously freezing and you can only wear so many clothes before you can't move anymore (laughs) so she actually had one with some extra propane that helped a lot they also have um, obviously you need to be conscious of where you're using them so if you're Mm -hmm. like we have a garage if we had a propane like cooktop if you know you didn't have the battery Mm -hmm. then you could cook small items on those as well
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, batteries tons of batteries and flashlights flashlights for sure everybody had their own
2: flashlight everywhere you go keep your flashlight on you Mm -hmm. you know um but again those are items that you need to stock up on well before a natural disaster because they're often the first items to be wiped off the shelf so right here you you know hurricane or winter storm or we lived in north texas so tornadoes Mm -hmm. so anytime you hear that on the news boom those are the first things to go
1: since we just recently had this ice storm you know the one thing that we were fortunate to have were were big buckets Mm -hmm. so that we could collect ice water you know it never freezes Mm -hmm. here in Texas so we never think about uh, pipes bursting and things like that but you know Mm -hmm. filling your bathtub up with water Mm -hmm. is a must Um, right because if we lose water again we went three days without water and 30 hours without Power and you know, uh, we were outside. Thank God, it had been raining, so we and we're and snowing and snowing. We were collecting all that uh, runoff water and using it to fill our toilets.
0: So, Tiffany, what about you? Did you know, especially knowing, okay, I do in center. If the center shuts down, here's everything I need. In the house. Did you have a talk with some of your household members about what was needed?
3: We did. We did. Mm-hmm. I have a. He, at the time, he was maybe fourteen or fifteen, mm-hmm. so he was pretty familiar with emergency situations he knew my dialysis situation already and so he pretty much knew who to call or who to contact if anything was to happen Mm um he uh he has you know my sister's number my mom was here thank goodness but Mm um she's older so she wasn't going to be any help if if anything you know she was going to be helped but not Enough help, so he mm-hmm. would have to basically you know get in contact with someone for the both of us if anything happened. so yeah we we have that conversation. We mm-hmm. have it often nowadays. we really do. We have it often, especially when disasters come up, absolutely.
0: so do either of you have any other tips to share? You know we're we're heading into the summer and you know some things can happen over the summer. you know, hopefully it'll be a mild summer for everyone, but anything else that you Ooh. wanted to share to you know, just give some advice or things to think about?
2: Good communication, because when you're going through something like that, it's really easy to kind of be at one another because everybody's frustrated. Mm. So make sure you try and keep your emotions in check and communicate Mm -hmm. constructively as much as possible.
0: Good. That's great. Tiffany?
3: Um, Basically, Sam and Lucy said it earlier, just be mindful of your situation and what you need and try and think of the little things um even if it's you know you're in a in a bind just think of the little things all every little step of what you need before you know before you have to leave or pack up and leave just try and think of everything Mm
0: -hmm. great even if you think you won't need it right right Well, great advice, everyone. Thank you so much. Our hope is that sharing this information, um, specifically anyone that's on dialysis, whether you're inpatient or in center or at home, um, will be, you know, have this information to be able to prepare for the unexpected. Um, So I thank you for participating. And I thank you all for listening to this latest episode of Align Health Solutions Podcast, Making Healthcare Better.